0: Hello and welcome. My name is Father William Mastry and this is another edition of Gabriel's Trumpet for Wednesday, August the 31st of the 22nd week of the year. Our reading this morning is the beginning of St. Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. St. Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. We often ask the church for many things, especially we ask the church for prayer. And there is a kind of implicit belief or understanding that uh, the church is the body of Christ, the historical, concrete representation of God's holy presence here in the world in the in special concrete way, that the church is a place where we go to pray for ourselves, and we go and pray for others, way in which we offer the holy sacrifice of the mass and various other religious uh, exercises that we engage in for ourselves and for others. We have certain devotions, we light candles, we say the rosary, we make a visit as we say all of those things we associate with the church and we have a kind of belief that all those in the church especially those who are called to a special vocation priests brothers sisters that they are somehow closer to god they have been specially called by god and they have and uh They ought to be the examples to all whom the Lord has entrusted to them. But very often we ought to ask ourselves, how often do we pray for the church? How often do we pray for those who minister the church, those who are God's special representatives through God's call in a vocation? We all have our call. We all have our vocation through baptism, the married life, the single life. Uh, we all have uh, a station in life where the Lord has called us in his great wisdom and love to serve and build up the body of Christ. But we also must recognize that Jesus has called time and again for Prayer for the church, prayer for the church. The church itself, especially as the body of Christ, is under constant attack and assault by the evil one. That's why scandal is so so deadly and so painful. And Jesus tells Peter as he gives him the keys of the kingdom, the gates of hell will not prevail against it, but they will not ultimately prevail. But there is a spiritual struggle, a spiritual battle between the, king, the children of light and the children of darkness, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the evil one that's ongoing throughout history. We see it today. So much of the division and hatred and war and strife, domestically and internationally, is the war against good and evil, right and wrong. It's not to be understood in geopolitical or economic terms. It's to be understood spiritually through the warfare, as St. Paul says, between principalities and powers and those that reside in the heavens above and the earth below. That's our enemy, not flesh and blood. It's spiritual warfare. And do we pause to pray for the church, beginning with our own parish church, our own place of worship? And then we look out and branch forward to the universal church, symbolized by the great church in Rome. But it begins with our local parish, our local church of assembly and prayer. Do we pray each day that our local faith community that gathers around the Lord's table to break the bread and share the cup, that gathers to hear the word of God the gospel of Jesus Christ, the word of eternal life. That we may be strengthened and live the mysteries we celebrate and the words that we listen to in the gospel. That when our offerings are finished, especially at the holy sacrifice of the mass, and we are told to go forth, do we go forth to truly live what we have received? throughout the week or throughout the day and share those with others. The church itself is especially under assault assault in various places throughout the world. Do we pray and lift to God our church, God's body visible on earth? and pray that the church remains strong, a sign of unity and a vessel of God's peace. So each day we should pause, reflect, thank God for the gift of the church, thank God for those who serve, who minister the sacraments, who preach the word, who teach, those who perform Acts of charity and love every day in imitation of Christ, in following the example of Christ, those in faraway places who preach away from their home and their loved ones and their all that's familiar, and they preach, and especially those who suffer persecution. They and their families and for the conversion of those who persecute the church, that they may denounce the evil one and turn away from the work of Satan and be vessels of Almighty God. St. Paul says, We always give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in our prayers for you, that is the Colossians, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you bear toward all the saints. And why? Because they have been moved as you are by the hope held in store for you in heaven. The hope that has been stored for you in heaven. And what is this hope? Eternal life, salvation through Jesus Christ, in the Holy Spirit, to the glory of the Father. That's our hope, our hope beyond this world, hope beyond everyday hope. It is, It is waiting for us. It is present in our own lives if we open ourselves to it and live with a horizon longer and deeper than the next moment the next day, but we take that view of eternity that's waiting for us by God's love. So let us today lift our minds and hearts in prayer for the church, that the church will be blessed, and strengthened in the Holy Spirit, will serve as a sign of unity to a divided world, a vessel of God's peace in a world that has become comfortable with war and violence. And let us be that church and those individual members who witness to the presence of God and look to that hope that is stored in heaven for us, a hope that never disappoints and brings us to eternal life. God bless you.